With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency me up, man. in their lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Because Gary Furniture wants to save you money. It does. Totally does. I tell you what, man. This guy's got. You got it. I'm only going. I'm only going this route with it because he's senior to you, man. But he he pumps out more energy than you do. Oh, dude, that I I don't. I went back and started watching his videos and stuff. I don't hold a candle to that cat. Pretty good, right? Dude works twenty hour days. He, he he. I mean, just stories about all the charities he helps, all the people he helps. I mean, he's at the front door, right? I mean, that's what everybody, you keep oh, saying. Yeah. No, you so walk you said, in and he's standing there. That's his store. It runs like that. Him and the missus, she's actually his boss kind of deal. But <laughs> I mean, the way he, he did it from, I remember when I was real young, his jingle to, and the song that catches How's you. How's the jingle go, dude? Uh, 6,006 I-45 West, well, Parker, gallery furniture really will save you money. I haven't heard that since I was a boy. I, I, I left for the military and all that, man, yeah. but I, always in my head. And then when you drive past it, it's the Tidwell and Parker signs are right there. And then, boom, maybe it just like it says. Well, what I love <laughs> about this guy and, and what you were saying before we came on is, is that he is a Houston icon. Right and and really the uh, a portion of the heartbeat of the Houston business community, and what I love so much about that is that is in my estimation is the true representation of what makes America work. Right, and every town has it. He is one of our staples, and uh, rising tide lift all boats kind of deal. So the more successful he gets, then I mean became selling furniture now he's a philanthropist i mean he gives back to the city and to all kinds of millions shit. of dollars dude yeah. did you see him speak at your school or something that's the first time i met him yeah what was yeah yeah okay so i was working the uh the sound and he was coming in i had to do the microphone and all that stuff like that so he comes walking in and it's his mattress mac i mean you see him on you see him on tv right it's back in the 90s man <laughs> 1900s huge yeah tv was big no cell phones anything like that <laughs> I got introduced to him then and was just kind of like, hey, this, that, yeah, I'm larger than life, man. Just really full was. steam ahead. Yep. I remember his speech and how it was impactful. Gorilla on your back, man. Things can become a gorilla on your back. That's what he said? Yeah. It's kind of the concept behind it. Huh. Grow and grow. And, and he did a, oh, man, I'll tell you what, him and Chuck Norris, they, they collaborated and did this thing to kick drugs out of America. He's friends Mars- with Chuck Norris? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> He says, of course they yeah. are. He just moved into a whole new stratosphere. Yeah, yeah he's at a whole level, new man. level of cool like, hey, now. Chuck, man. And they, uh, they did this. It, it went into the schools. So I was teaching martial arts in the schools. And then there was a big tournament, Kick Drugs Out of America. You remember that movie, Sidekicks? Yeah. Okay, that was from that. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah it was great, man. It was a good time. Unbelievable. I, yeah, I was a kid. I was real young, man. So uh, 
seeing Chuck Norris and him at the tournaments and all that. It was great. I actually was watching. I watched. Because you that. were super into martial arts, weren't you? Oh yeah, it was yeah. my life, man. Yeah. I, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> I'd protect myself somehow, right? <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, it just goes from there. I mean, he's always doing something. On uh, I, he's actually, I've been. He's been a part of my life since I was a boy. That's just didn't crazy. know it. And the great thing about it now is uh, his daughter and my wife are real close, and I get to see him quite a bit. It's just, uh, it's funny how life uh, runs. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I, I mean, having Liz on the show, and and you know, again, you know, I, I can't believe Morgan and how he covered down on me. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. That was one of my favorite shows. Oh uh, man, it, I was in his arena. Oh, totally. Remember Absolutely. that wizard when uh, yeah. I forget what it was, but she had said said something, and he was kind of over there in the on the on deck circle, right? <laughs> right, right. And right when that question flew out, man, he's like, ding, ding. <laughs> no, <laughs> you. Can, I think yeah. I don't remember what it was. He started talking Got about me it. In, man. It sounded like, and it was like a. Well, I didn't just sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I'm, right. I'm actually all you know, a doctor of neuroscience. <laughs> neuroscientist. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Something like that, oh. man. Just pull that one out oh. of the way back. Yeah. I'm just not oh, a knuckle dragon frog, awesome. man. That makes a difference. Well, I, I just think. One of the beautiful things, and listen, let's just get to the listeners real quick. If this is your first time listening to the Team Never Quit podcast, welcome aboard. We are super fired up to have you. Uh, you're going to get so much out of this podcast that, that our, our main mission, the three of us, our mission in life is to bring incredible motivational content to the masses, right? Motivational media that matters. And what our, our, we want to do is to help you learn the 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 and they're not tricks. I mean, these are full-blown traits. Yeah, traits. These are value systems. These are uh, how people approach life in a meaningful way in order to learn that never-quit mindset. And and that's why we do it. We want to help you develop a, a certain skill set to be able to overcome life's obstacles, to face the adversity, to to, to charge headfirst into the breach and, and go into the combat life ready to quick kick the negative insurgency square in the teeth. That's what we're here to do. And if you're coming back for more, man, thank you so much. We're so happy to have you back. It's it's you guys that are really making a huge difference. Uh, you know, we've been on the air for about a little over a year. We were about 2.3, right, Wizard? 2.3 million downloads. Yes, sir. I can believe we, that. It's nuts, right? We were nominated last year on one of iTunes' top podcasts of 2016 in just six months. And that's because of all of you. That's because of the support you're giving us by by spreading the word of what our message is all about, which is to help others, to serve people in their struggle in life. And, and man, I just can't thank you enough. If, if you want to know more, please visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. Go also to check out the teamneverquit.com website. We've got some great merchandise and gear. Check out our speakers bureau. Man, it's awesome. Here's the deal, right? When you have somebody of, of Jim McInvale, his br- business mindset, but combine that with, like you said, Marcus, that energy, that dynamic. I mean, he is kinetic, man. And, mm-hmm. and, and when he speaks, you know that the words he speaks, there's weight to him, right? Because he's seen it. He's been there. He's done it. He's been in the trenches of the American dream since he was a young man that's what fires me up yeah he's one of those guys that has that kind of time-tested nose of the grindstone kind of work ethic that is just straight shooter as well it just all comes through yeah, it all comes across like one of those dads when he tries to teach you something most of them like sit down son hey I'm glad we're hanging out today it's good to see you How's that glove fit? Like, Mac, like, get your ass over here. I'm going to show you how to catch this ball. All right, I'm going to throw it at you and you can put the glove up. <laughs> that's how he's, that's how he's dicking around. Yeah, man, what are we doing out here? Can't play catch, right? Enjoy these little chin winks we have, but we can do he that He starts inside. whipping the ball yeah. as hard as he can. Right? End up now. Liz, taking, Liz getting beamed right in Protect the forehead. The <laughs> Protect the face. Protect the face. At all times. <laughs> do you want to give a background? Yeah, we can mention a couple things. Yeah, please I mean, do. I'm sorry. Point, so we're talking about Jim Mattress Mac McInvale. 1981, he starts what has become three massive locations here, in and around Houston here of gallery furniture. He did this, you know, starting out with $5,000. 
a really interesting point along this process is he apparently had good su- success in the in the beginning. Then sales started to slow down. He's on his last ten thousand dollars, and they're filming this commercial. He says, uh, "I couldn't." He says he couldn't come up with a punchline. Finally, I pulled some money out of my pocket and yelled, "Gallery of furniture saves you money." The, fr- the phrase barely caught on. You just heard Marcus say it. It was one of the most 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 powerful lines from his childhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, he had a, handful, he had a handful of money, man, in his back pocket, and he pulled it up and he threw it up in the air. I love it, dude. I love it. So he took that. It, it apparently this this really caught on, turned things around. It just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew from there. For example, it's the most profitable per square foot furniture retailer in the United States. Wow. Yeah, it's an experience. No, I mean, it's not like a furniture store. When you walk in there, the things to do, keep you occupied, entertain you, eat. That's good for us, yeah. isn't it? It's kind of a museum as well because there's people who have donated things, something special that was to them. Is, right. Is in there. There's a huge mural of uh, all the boys from Operation Red Wing. Really? Oh, yeah. Football oh, wow. helmets signed by teams, footballs. I mean, he's huge into the horses. We have all kinds of staples here in Texas. You got in Brenham, you got, have Bluebell ice cream. Right. We got Bucky's, Waterburger, and then Gallery Furniture. It's kind of one of them deals where it's like the hat trick. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, the guy also, I mean, he's he's fed for what twenty five thousand Thanksgiving meals over the last years. He dated, uh, he's donated millions of dollars to the Red Cross. He's funding the Meniger Clinic for the uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. I mean, this guy is the real deal across the board i say what do you think gents is it time to to light this firecracker off bring him on and see how much energy and how much credible and awesome information he's going to deliver absolutely let's do it all right here we go let's bring him on (laughs) marcus what what i mean you are from Houston, so you remember growing up with these his commercials and just tell tell us why he's so infectious, brother. Well, he got a hold of me and got my attention at a very young age, and that's 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 saying something right there. What he was doing, and, and you're right, he is he's kind of a, a a staple in our community. I mean, you if you were born here, if you're even from the surrounding area, you know his commercials have affected have affected you in some way because of how energetic they are it doesn't matter what you were doing man as soon as it came on everybody kind of turned around and the jingle the jingle in where the street i mean it was all it's just all perfect right and then i got a chance to meet him when i was in high school and then throughout our lives we just kind of reconnected so it man i tell you i uh this is this is a good one i'm i'm fired up up. i'm fired up too sir so let's get them going ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages Welcome to the show, Jim McInvale. Sir, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Well, I'm honored to be here with Marcus. He's one of my heroes, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be on Team Never Quit. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So the way we get started to loosen up is we're going to shoot some the, the mad minute at you. A lot of funny, just easy going. We're going to loosen up our gray matter, develop some rapport, and, and just have some fun for a few minutes here. So are you ready to go, sir? I'm ready. Let's go. Arcus, fire away. All right. Your high school mascot. High school mascot. I went to Bishop Butch High School, which is a Catholic high school. It was a Dominican friar, a priest, believe it or not. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> That's hardcore, right? Right. Absolutely. It's hardcore. <laughs> all right. All right. What was the first job you ever had? My uh, father was in the uh, mobile home insurance business. I think I was cleaning up the bathrooms out of a mobile home lot. It was a lot of fun. That's a great place to start. That, that, <laughs> that's probably the that's that's the bottom, right? That is. That's starting at the bottom. <laughs> All right, wizard, go ahead and throw one out. All right, sir. I don't know if you're a reader, but what's the best book you've re- uh, you've read recently? The best book I've read recently. I read. I'm reading a book right now about Mother Teresa. I'm reading another book about. Um, uh, we John Wooden says we're only uh, one third of what we can become. So I read a lot of motivational books. Uh, hmm. I love Marcus's book. It was a tremendous book. So anything I I, I read when I'm on the treadmill late at night, and it uh, certainly motivates me to uh, to try to get better every day. Awesome, awesome. All right, what fictional character best describes you? 
The Energizer Bunny. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. All right. <laughs> if you could pick any other dream career, what would it be other than what you're doing now? Any other dream career other than what I'm doing right now, I would be a, uh, a mathematician, a quant. Wow. That, I didn't expect that one. No. That is awesome. I, I, the great matter for that, but that's what I'd like to be—a mathematician, a quant. I think that's the uh, the future going forward. Is all this big data stuff? So that's what I would be. Well, I mean, I love just seeing mm. the stories come up about IBM and that supercomputer they have, and uh, the how they super cool the computers to be able to do the the pro the um, equation. Yeah, I mean it's it's off the it's off the chain right now. All right, go ahead, wizard, throw one out. All right, in your mind, who has a more powerful sales technique? Billy Mays or Jim Rohn? Marcus Attrell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you either I'm buy it or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'd buy from Marcus in a New York minute more than I'd buy from those other two guys. I love it. Well, there you go. All, All right. right, Marcus, last if, question. If you could travel in time, would you go forward or back? Forward or back, I'd go back and be with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen to that. Thank you for that, sir. Mm. That's awesome. All right, that's the Mad Minute. Let's now the 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 reason why people come to our our show, sir, is because they're looking for a piece of advice. They're looking for a story that inspires them. They're they're looking for something that's going to enable them to really face the combat of life that's going to spark that fire in their gut so that they can push forward with the never quit mindset. So if you could, sir, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories? Well, I think it's a story that's ongoing. You know, I'll never forget um, May 23rd, 2009, we had a $20 million fire here. It burned down the whole place. And, um, so we were basically out of business, and at 1 o'clock that morning, my wife and I and a lot of the great employees here at Gallery Furniture were on the phone ordering furniture from our suppliers in uh, all across the country that came in the next day, even though we didn't have a warehouse to put it. And so we were out of business, then we opened up. We had a second location at Post Oak. We opened up at 8 o'clock. People came in because they believed in what we're doing. They started giving us money, even though they didn't want furniture. And by 4 o'clock, we found a warehouse. We delivered $250,000 worth of furniture that day. And even though we were out of business, we kept going, didn't, didn't lay off any of the employees. Nobody's hours got cut. So that's the mindset we have around here. And currently, you know, I'm 66 years old in the furniture business. I'm the world's greatest analog advertiser, radio, television, newspaper. But that game is over. It doesn't work anymore. What you're doing, these podcasts work, Internet works. So I'm having to change my whole MO from analog advertising to digital. I'm having to change the whole business. We're threatened uh Brick-and-mortar retailing is being put out of business by Amazon and these other great companies that are doing a great job online. So we have to change our entire business at age 66. So it's the biggest challenge of my life, but it's also the most, most fun I've ever had is to change the business and, and make it look going forward with robotic machines in here making furniture and just uh, redo the whole deal. So that's the challenge we have right now, and we're certainly up to it. I tell these guys that work with me every day, nobody says it's going to be fun, easier, fair. Put on your big boy britches and go to work. <laughs> told you i told you that's what it's like in that store <laughs> uh, the reason uh, here it is every day is a battle and a blessing it ain't gonna change and all these people want to be on the easy street and all this other happy horse shit it ain't gonna change you got to get out there and fight every day and you know i was walking through here yesterday feeling sorry for myself business wasn't what i thought it was gonna be and i saw one of the slogans that my daughter elizabeth taught us taught me it says if not for my struggles i would not have known my strength that's the bottom line. Amen. Amen. Well, sir, what obviously, I mean, I, I, I went back and I love the story about your, your wife and you moving from Dallas to Houston with $5,000 in your truck. And I love the concept how you guys would, you know, dr with one, uh, one truck, you'd have to drive up late Saturday night to pick up furniture to sell Sunday morning. Where did that that drive come from? Where did you learn it? When did you first acknowledge in your life, I want to do something more than just, you know, be entitled that I, I need to go find my path and my purpose. 
You know, my father used to always tell me, and I'll never forget it, he said, get up, go to work, and make something out of your life. And that was emblazoned in my mind from the time probably I was five years old. Be somebody. And, you know, I knew instinctively that to be somebody, you had to work at it. You had to overcome difficulties. And, you know, at the, probably the low point in my life was I got fired from some uh, little uh, cheap job I had, and I was feeling sorry for myself. I turned on the television one morning, and Oral Roberts was on the television, and he said, you know, uh, Nobody said it was going to be fun, easy, or fair. He said, the good Lord gave you talents. The biggest challenge we have is to uh, use our talents to the best of our ability. He said, there's a lot of you out there in television land today that are throwing your lives away. You're wallowing in the throes of self-pity. He said, quit feeling far- sorry for yourself. Get up, go to work, and make yourself su- make something out of your life. That was a seminal event in my life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like the Stockdale paradox. you got to be a Aware of the challenges, but you got to have faith in the end game and never give up. That's the whole deal. I love it. I love it. I mean, we talk about that all the time and in our training that the, the, the process of getting to become a Navy SEAL is, is what the most important part is. It's, it's learning those through those failures, through those challenges, those, those hurdles. So can you yeah, lay I mean, out- yeah, exactly. You actually have to be one, right? Right, so, uh, right. You see the end game and there's that, that title or moniker that goes on something that's that people look to, right? Absolutely. But, man, you got to understand, to have that moniker, you have to be able to perform in that environment. And that starts from the first push-up or the, you know, the first thing sold or whatever it is. And it is, it's the journey through all of that, that that makes the reward of that title so great. Uh, absolutely. And, and- and I think as as you obviously there there I would imagine there's quite a bit of turnover. Although in your business, I, I bet there's not a lot. Um, you, you know, how do you when new people are coming in to work for you and they know your reputational hard work? Does is do you have a, a a methodology for instilling hard work in them to maximize their performance? I think it's a it's a matter of you know catching them doing things right a lot and. Uh, you know, uh, business is all about, life's all about relationships. If they like coming to work, they like what they're doing. You know, that you find a job you love to do, you never have to work a day in your life. These people that don't want to be here, they're dead man walking. The people that are engaged and want to help the customers and want to go overboard and, and, uh, and go the extra mile, that's who we're looking for. And many are called, few are chosen. That's the way life is. That is. That is. Now, there's so far, there's a lot of reference to faith and 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 how that drives you uh how do you take your your strong faith and how have you seen your faith push you through some of these great obstacles in particular you know that the the massive fire i mean how how do you tap into that every day to give you more strength to influence and be that seminal uh, leader for all the other people around you you know, it boils down to this phrase, a faith that challenged him to do his best, even indeed, especially when it was difficult. Anybody can be a superstar when it's easy, you know. So uh, when, when it's difficult, that's when you really got to go at it. And it's just like right now with all these uh, different challenges the brick and mortar furniture business has. We, ha- we have to change. We got to morph. We got, we got to do things. And people don't like to change, but life is all about change. And at the end of the, uh, of the road is is great success for people that are willing to change and willing to work those 20 hour days and and willing to overcome those obstacles and go the extra mile for the customers i got these guys that work for me they're just outstanding they work seven days a week they love to work so we're looking for people who like to work and like to please customers and want to make something out of their life they want to make money but more than anything else they want to make a contribution wow i mean that and that stems that stems and all comes down from his leadership style when we were talking about that earlier, asking where he's at, I was like, the front door. I mean, first one there, last one to leave. You lead by example, right? If you're out there hustling, it kind of, it makes everyone around you want to hustle. Just the same same principle in what we do for a living, man. It's just you, the, the harder you spin, right? The harder you push. It's just, it's kinetic, right? You drag that, that kind of, those kind of people into you and with you. And that, that enables you to climb that ladder. It's definitely contagious, you know, when, when, uh, one person's upbeat and happy. Everybody is. So why, you know, everybody's got an energy scale from zero to 10 every day. Why not try to be at a nine or 10 the whole time? Amen. You're going to put in 12, 14, 20 hours anyway. So, you know, give it all you got. I love that attitude. And I'm a big proponent of that. And all the things that I do, I always talk about, you got two choices every day. You can be positive or negative. 
And when you choose the positivity, people around you will respond to that. If you look back in your career, sir, can you, can you identify some people other than your father who you got some real profound, valuable life lessons from and, and what were they? And, 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 and which are the ones that truly resonate with you still today? Well, you know, I, I, uh, one of my business mentors, a guy named W. Edwards Deming, he was the guy that MacArthur sent to Japan after World War II that re- rebuilt the Japanese economy. He was a world-famous quality control and statistical guy. So he, uh, he taught me the power of cooperation in business and helping everybody get on the same team and uh, goal-setting, statistical analysis, that type of thing. He's been a, a huge influence in my life. Uh, my, my wife's been a huge influence in my life. She works harder than I do, since she she, uh, <laughs> she she loves to work, and we want to teach our children and people around us that you know work is life's greatest therapy. I don't want to sit home and watch television all day long and watch the friggin' Kardashians. I wanna I want to go to work and make the world a better place. There's a guy named Bud Frazier who's a world famous heart surgeon. He's 76 years old, done more heart transplants than anybody in history. So Liz and I and her mother were having dinner with him the other day at the Texas Medical Center overlooking his office there at St. Luke's Hospital. And she said, Dr. Frazier, what do you do for a hobby? He says, I'm in the hallways down there operating on patients. He says, I want to make my life useful at age 76. You got to love people like that. And that's what inspires me is being around people like them that, that want to make the world a better place. So at the end of the day, when you're gone, they say, this lady or this man made a difference in the world. What else matters? I don't think much else does. No, I mean, it's we- just kind of when you start to die. And it's funny because the, our own peers put that pressure on us. You've been putting the work in 20, 40, 60 years. Like, hey, man, when you slow down, take a break. And, and it's like, man, if I take a break, I'll die. I need. I, this is what I was born to do. And this is what make, keeps me alive. This is what keeps my brain moving, yeah. keeps my body going. I, I have to. This is my energy, my fuel. You're right. You wake. I didn't wake up to sit down. <laughs> I, I've been sitting, laying down for the last you know, however long I'm ready to get up and do something. And if you, if you are up and you are there, man, give it all you got. It helps you sleep better at night too. Right. I mean, Somebody came last night at nine o'clock and they said, what the hell are you doing here? You're rich. You got a lot of money. I said, where else am I going to be? This is what I do. I take care of customers, you know? And so if you, if you do work 18 or 20 hours a day, when you go home at night to your gallery furniture, Tempur-Pedic mattress, you will sleep better. Like, I, I do every night all my gallery furniture. The Maccabee. I love it. Absolutely, man. And, I, you, know, you work your butt off to, to get something like, like what you have and what I have out here so I can take care of it, so I can keep working it. I mean, that's that's one of the deals where, man, that, that the life of that rolls through you rolls through that company. That's that's awesome, man. That's a, it it it's, is. You it want, is. When you get in there, man, you get so fired. Even if you go in there to look for something, I never walked out of there without anything, especially when I got married. Okay. Um, Marcus and Melanie came because they spent money. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. They're like the best customers on the planet. They They're like- <laughs> but what he's created from the time, man, but you can't drive by it without even seeing it. It looks like a theme park. Right. I don't know, man. Just from the start to finish is just a great experience. That's why we keep going back there. Well, hey, I want to, I want to, can I, let me throw a question here. Cause uh, it's come up a couple times already, sir. You're talking about em- embracing change and moving forward with that. I know you've said uh, innovate or you're going to evaporate. You mentioned Deming, this notion that he brought to Japan of what they call Kaizen, which is a state of continual improvement. Can you elaborate a little bit more or give us an example of how that's really serves you well, This uh, an eye for continuously looking to improve and change and adapt to your environment? Yeah, it's like right now. You know, It used to be in the furniture business, We'd have 300 customers a day coming in here. Now we have uh, maybe 100 because people stay home and they look on the Internet. They buy things through Wayfair. They buy through Amazon. So mm-hmm. as Marcus said, we've got to make the store more exciting. We've got to make it experiential. We've got to sell online. We've got to sell offline. We've got to sell everywhere. We have to bust the mold of what we always did before. And there's a lot of people that are adverse to change. But let me tell you something. The world's changing at a faster rate now than ever in history. Unless you embrace these new things like big data, digital analytics, all these things, you're going to be left behind. So we're, we're looking forward to more artificial intelligence. And our long-term goal is to have all these robots in here building furniture in the store. So somebody come in and pick out a uh, sofa. Huh. We can make that sofa form in six or eight hours and ship it the same day in Amazon. And none of the rest of them can do that. But in order to do that, we've got to take quantum leaps forward 
in uh, art, artificial intelligence. Is there, are there particular ways you, you open yourself up to this or, or techniques you use, or is it simply just being open to seeing the potential in new, uh, in new opportunities? Yeah, I read about four or five books all the time. I read the Wall Street Journal and New York Times every day, and I, I just try to see what people are doing differently, you know, see what, see what Amazon's doing, see what Tesla's doing, see what Google's doing, see what uh, some Israeli company doing with artificial intelligence. So by taking a little bit from here and a little bit from there, we can make our own little formula and, and get ahead of our competition and really innovate for these customers. So it's, it's a matter of getting up every day and say, what are we going to do differently to delight these customers? How do we think out of the box and not do the same old stuff because yesterday's gone? Well, it's just like you did in the beginning. How you grew it to what it is now is, is that innovation and absolutely studying your enemy. That's what, that, that's what we do if you want to call it that. That's a perfect example of what you're doing. I mean, you have to modify, man. You have to change. You got to like roll with the punches. You can say any analogy or acronym, whatever it is you want to use for it, man. We do the same thing in the teams with combat. And that's right. what it is. It's combat of life. Adaptation through yeah, the man, recognition get, of truth, exactly. right? And to, what, what and to keep your head up on a swivel and watch what everyone else is doing and you know, move through that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, sir, one of the things that I, I, I have such a profound respect for you is just the, the amount of time you take out to to want to teach people your success, not to covet or protect it or hide it from everybody, but your willingness to take out, you know, to go out in, in whether it's at a University of Houston or whether it's at a business luncheon or being recognized for your success. And, and you've come up with, you know, the 10 tips of, for success how did you come up with those? Was it just through trial and error? Or, or can you describe that process and, and then also why you love teaching as much as you do? I think it's just a lifelong journey. I like, I like teaching uh, you know, the philosophy that I've inherited from all these great people like my father and Deming and, and Bud Frazier and so many others. They've, they've taught me uh, to, you know, to get up and go to work and make something out of my life. So I, I, I do speeches all the time to... Uh, Rotary groups or civic groups or uh, schools or uh, universities, whatever. And I just try to, you know, my philosophy is if it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me slash we. Uh, I, I like this great American virtue of self-reliance. I don't think the government owes us anything. I think we need to get up and go to work and make our own way. That's what built this country and that will continue to build it. And we have to be self-reliant. We have to live for the joy of work. I love that. I love what are the reoccurring things that I see in, in a lot of the videos I watch of you is that your firm belief that the American dream is still alive. And I think there's a big part of our culture that's trying to quash that reality, really trying to stamp it out without going negative into why they're doing it. Can you help us understand why you firmly believe it's still out there and it's attainable for everybody? The American dream is uh, attainable for anybody if you want to work. You know, like, like you mentioned earlier, my wife and I would sell furniture here on Saturday nights at 10 o'clock. Then we drive our little U-Haul truck to Dallas, meet my friend at his store at 2.30 in the morning, buy furniture from him, drive it back, and sell furniture on Sunday. I'm sorry to say I, I broke the blue law in Texas and was one of the ones that changed it. That was the <laughs> blue law on Sunday. <laughs> I'm kind of ashamed of that fact. But that's it's real simple. You just got to outwork the other dumb son of a bitch. That ain't that hard. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah, that. Put the work in. I, I love that. You know, there's a, a gentleman out there who's who's wildly popular and his, his message is growing. Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs and other thing. And he's got yeah, this. I love him. He's a great guy. I love Mike Rowe. He, he is. And, and there's something about his, the simplicity of his matches, which is much like yours saying, hey, there are hundreds of thousands of jobs like pipe fitter or welder or making furniture that are available to everybody out there, but they're just people are getting into them. Marcus, yeah. why, why, why don't you think people are hearing this message? I, you know, I go down to Exos every year, work with the, and do my physical therapy. And so the next generation of combine uh, kids are coming in, going into the NFL. And, and I see people putting a moniker on the millennials as being lazy. And, and I mean, every generation does that to every generation, I think. Right. right? And the, I think what's happening now is 
So with our generation, we were we got a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new, right? Before the internet and then after it. And it's now that I have kids, it's one of those deals where I'm looking at it and going, man, their world truly is so much different than ours. With the technology, I mean, it used to be you'd have to go to high school and college and then you get out and you go get a job in the big city that was close to you. And if you were educated, you go a little bit further. Well, now they're competing with everybody around the world. I mean, everything is connected. I think the important thing to know is as things change, so do people and so do the jobs. You just have to find them. You have to get out and create your, your life, your environment, your job, even if it doesn't exist. That's the best thing about the, that's the best thing about America, right? It's a competition state. All right. And if you're, if you go, as, as things change, more opportunities come up for everybody. Exactly. This artificial intelligence is going to take people's jobs away. It's going to create new jobs. And there'd be new opportunities for everybody. Or like Mike Rose says, go clean the sewers and make a hundred thousand dollars a year. What the hell's wrong with that? Yeah. You know? Get up and go to work and make something out of your life. There's millions of jobs out there. You just got to want to work. Well, that's a great point that you're saying that you got to want to work. So, sir, one thing, how do you teach a work ethic, though? I think that's the great challenge, right? We do live in a society now where things are so readily accessible. There is such a thing as instantaneous gratification. How do you actually, in your opinion, how do you teach hard work you model it like anything else in life you model it like my uh, marcus models for those young seals you model it you know i look at what i do to see what i believe you model it and and uh uh a work ethic is contagious to the people around here and i tell these i told this guy the other day what i got to do to improve i said you got to improve your damn work ethic you're working three days a week I said, I'm, I'm out here seven days a week. I'm not asking you to work seven days a week, but if you want to make more money, you want to get ahead, you got to work harder and smarter, and you got to put more into it and not go home at night and watch some la-la television show. Go home and read a book, figure out how to get better. Uh, Self-improvement hmm. is a big concept that all of our guests share, and, and, it, and, and it's across the spectrum, too, whether it's an athlete, a businessman, uh, uh, somebody who's gone through a sickness. It's the concept that... We have to improve the totality of who we are as individuals. I think the biggest, hard, hardest thing to do is for people to change, to make that change. And you get started down one path and it's tough and it's and then you, get, you start getting miserable, but you stay with it yeah, to, to no avail sometimes. I mean, don't, that's the thing about having your head up, right? Look, what was that, sir? You got to get around positive people. You got to get around positive people. If you hang around with your negative people, they're going to drag, drag you down the sewer with them. They're going to say, why do you work so hard? Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Hang around positive, contagious people. And if you got a bunch of lazy-ass friends, get some new friends. <laughs> right? right? All right. So one of the things about this self-improvement is the ability to serve others. And not only, sir, are you serving your staff and the people who work for you by that positive influence of how you're acting, but you are widely known for the efforts that you've made in so many different places, whether it's the Salvation Army or turkey dinners for 25,000 people. Can you tell our listeners why that aspect of your life specifically is so important? Well, my parents taught me to be a giver, not a taker. And my, uh, my father and mother always gave away... Uh, all the money they had to uh, to their children, to the community, to the church. So I had great role models. And, you know, one of the goals of my life is to be a net giver, not a net taker. And so that's what we do. Uh, we support a lot of different causes, as Marcus does, as Team Never Quit does. And, you know, that, that makes you uh, feel good, but it also sets an example that this is the way it's supposed to work. You not only help yourself, but you help other people. Wow. That's the way the country was built in 1776 and the way it continues to go and uh, – I have a lot of faith in this country because uh, uh, the, there's millions of good people out there. Granted, there's some jerks, but there's a whole lot more good people who believe in doing the right thing and helping the community get better. And that's why there's such a bright future, not only in the United States, but also in the American dream. If you want to make it, all you got to do is get up and go to work and make something out of your life. There's nobody to stop you every single day. Here's a deal that, that he does and that Gallery does at Amazon. I can't do right now. I wouldn't think it's... He, all the people who come in and take care of him, he, he, he gives back to and takes care of them as well. 
Are I you mean, saying on so it's because it's localized because yeah, he I mean, is uh, so connected to it, his immediate community? Sure, man. He grew a this, greater this empire up in in this town back in the day when it was still growing as well. And the more success he had, I mean, he gives back to the community. Just walk through our town; everyone knows who he is, and they've been affected by him in some way. I mean, the generosity is unbelievable. Well, you know, I, I had a lady come out there the other day, and she uh, she said uh, it it pays off long term for me. She said when she was 17 years old, she was a junior in high school at Pasadena High School. I came out there to give them one of my rah-rah motivational talks. She was pregnant. She was going to quit school the next day and, uh, uh, you know, welfare, the whole deal. And so I gave my rah-rah motivational talk about she could be whatever she wanted to be. She said she decided to stay in school. She graduated high school, of course, had the baby and went on to college. Now she's a full-time CPA at a big law firm here. Here in Houston, her daughter's in uh, uh, college on a scholarship and all that because of one speech. So when you do that, Praise it makes you feel good, makes you want to do it again. Amen. Amen. That's so amazing. I, I love that you have those stories and and how you, 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 you put it in a sense that a speech that was given years and years ago came back to fruition. Can you describe a mindset as people are moving into that never quit space and trying to develop a hard work ethic. How, how do they keep in perspective that the return might take 20 years? How, what can you help describe the value of understanding that, that time relationship and that, you know, the, the journey, can you describe that a little bit for us? Yeah, I think it's the journey that's important. You know, that and, uh, you know, quick riches, the easy come, easy go. You got to be in it for the long term. Like Admiral Stockdale said, you got to face the brutal realities of the present. I got to work hard for 20 or 30 years and then I'm going to be successful. But you'll never be on easy street. People that are successful are striving every day to do something more. You know, they don't they don't sit back and kick back and smoke pot and say, I got it made. You know, <laughs> they got to get out of this mindset. Life's not about laying on some beach forever. Life's about continuing to work create jobs, create economy, create a better place. And you do that through leading by example and being contagious and infectious that uh, we can do this no matter how hard it is, we can overcome this obstacle. Let me, I want, I'm going to go into that question a little bit deeper. You're talking a lot about uh, look for, invest for the long-term, uh, drive ahead. I think one of the common misconceptions is people develop this and, and they kind of get this idea of, well, it's just, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of grunt work and uh, it's all tedious but you talk about, like, for example, here, remember the joy of work. How do you go about finding and developing that joy? I imagine that that, is, that really helps you sustain for the long term. I, you know, I, I think all of us spend more time at work than we do at home. Uh, you know, we, we work eight or ten hours a day, whatever. And, you know, work is where your friends are. Work is where you stretch yourself. Work is where you grow. One of the problems that we have is people get out of the workforce for three or four years and the world passes them by with the technological advances and all the other stuff that's happening in this interconnected world. So then they got to catch back up again. But uh, work is a great place to stretch yourself, to learn new things, to build those relationships. And if you do that, then work is not is not a, it's not a job. It's fun. You know, so I, I, I can't wait to get up and put my clothes on and go to work every day. That's what I do. My wife is the same way. Hopefully my children are learning mm-hmm. that from me and our, my grandchildren and that that's at the end of the day, here's a guy who worked all his life and tried to make the world a better place. What the hell else is? I love that statement. And, and I also love how you're so focused on the influence of your children. And as you know, we, we had your daughter on, on the show and, and that was by far one of my favorite show and the, the ability for her and the hurdle that she was over to overcome uh, and go and have the incredible success she is. Can you describe a little bit about uh, that process from your perspective and the influence of witnessing your daughter replicate the message you were trying to instill in her and how that's affected you? Yeah, you know, my father always taught me to be a, a to be a, a seller, not a buyer. You know, I, I, I sell things. That's what I do. And I'm not buying this crap that you can't achieve the American dream, that the country's over, the country's in decline and all this other stuff. So when Liz was 13 years old, she's diagnosed with this horrific OCD uh, 
obsessive compulsive disorder. And all the doctors in North Houston where we live said uh, it was such a severe case to put her in a mental home and leave her there for the rest of her life. Well, you know, again, her mother and I weren't buying that bullshit. We, we were going to find a way to overcome this. And, you know, through all the uh, the tears and all her the nights her she begged her sister to kill her and and all this horrific stuff, you know, that disrupted the fam family for uh, three to five years. We never lost sight of the fact that we're going to find a way to help this kid get better. And then then she went to Menninger and at Menninger, they taught her how to fight. They taught her how to fight that disease. They taught uh, that was the deal. She had to learn how to fight. Once she learned how to fight, she'll never get over the disease, but she can manage it and fight it every day. And that's what life's all about. Learning how to fight through your damn obstacles rather than, you know, wimping up and, and going home and getting a participation cr trophy. I think that's a bunch of crap. Marcus, you talk a lot about that. Is well, it's, coming, it's coming out now? That give me give me a trophy just for competing. That's you're seeing that that's not a good thing. It's kind of coming around and biting you in the butt when you got to get out in the real world and there are no trophies, even if you do win, right? And it's, it's life's not about winning and losing, man. It's about getting back up when you get knocked down. Amen. Life's about getting back up, just like Marcus said. You get knocked down, and you're gonna get knocked down every day. I'm gonna get knocked down 20 times out here today, but I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna be standing at the end of the day. <laughs> oh. yeah, right. I love it. That fires me. Up, my guts kicked out my butt so many times. They just keep getting up. All right, all right. So one of the things we do before we we end the interview is is we like to ask our our guests if what are the two or three things because our listeners right now, sir, are are sitting there listening to you and they're going, man. I want to start a business. I want to, I, there's something I've got a, a dream, but what do I do day in and day out to keep me in the fight, to pull myself back up? If, if I don't have somebody or I do, how do I lift myself back up? So what can you give some takeaways right now for our listeners that can help them get in the fight and really begin to have their never quit mindset flourish? The first thing is surround yourself with positive people. You know, your wife, your husband, your children have to support the fact that mom or dad is going to work 20 hours a day, seven days a week, and try to build something that will benefit all of us. You can't have, you know, the, the wife comes home from working all day and the husband's whining. Why don't you come home and spend time with me? you got to invest in the fact that we're going to bust our ass and we're going to make something that's good for everybody. That's number one. you got to have a you got to believe in what you're doing. You got to have a support group. Number two, you got to learn something new every day. You got to learn something new every day. And number three, you got to embrace those setbacks. Setbacks are coming. You got to look forward to them. You got to embrace the setbacks. And number four, keep a low overhead so you can pour all the money into the business, the venture, and make the venture get better all the time. And you got to be obsessive about what you do. If you're not obsessive, you ain't going to make it. Bam! That's all. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. I love it. <laughs> you can't get I more. I not yet either. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, sir, I'm thank you, man, because I don't know if we could keep up with you if you'd had your cup of coffee already. <laughs> Told you. You did. Well, you I, did. I, I love it. I'm a huge fan of Marcus. I'm a huge fan of the Navy SEALs. I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, when I was at the University of Texas, playing football. I played the bench, but I was on the team. There was a little athletic trainer there named Frank Medina. He was four foot 11, half Hispanic, half full-blooded Indian. And he was a hell of a guy. And he taught me ask, take, and give no quarter. And he'd always say, what are you saving it for, son? Leave it all out there. He had a huge effect on my life. I remember to this day, ask, take, and give no quarter. Get up, go to work, and make something out of your life. That's my message. Amen. Well, sir, awesome. thank you so much for your time. I know you're chomping at the bit to get out there and start selling <laughs> and making your business better. So we we can't thank you enough. Our guests can't thank you enough. You're, you're just you're such an inspiration to me personally. Thank you, yes, sir. But tell everybody if anybody wants to talk to me, just come by the store. I'm at the front, and I love talking about uh, motivational stuff and and hard work, and that's what this country's all about. And uh, the the people that tell you that. You can't achieve the American dream. That's totally false. You can achieve the American dream. Just get up, go to work, and be, do like Marcus does. Make something out of yourself. Amen. Thank you All so right. much, sir. God bless Tell you. Tell the family we love them. Yep. Thank you. Had fun. I mean, this is what he does. He wakes up. 
puts his pants on like every red-blooded American. He gets in his car, he drives to work, he works his ass off. He supports thousands of people, comes home, eats, goes to sleep, probably for like 30 minutes a night, wakes up and does it again. Over and over and over. There's no end game, right? There, there is no end. The reward is the effort. Just living. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. I don't know if you can associate <laughs> Wood a Bear with Jim McInvale. I'd like to associate that. Oh, that energy, right? You got to love what you do to keep that energy going through decades, right? Absolutely, you have to. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's the reason why he does what he does. But I'm not even sure... Like maybe if it wasn't selling furniture, like, like if he didn't work for that furniture guy in Dallas and then moved to Houston, it could have been, uh, franchising McDonald's restaurants. It could have been, uh, whatever. I think whatever he had put his mind to with his wife as that, in that partnership, there was no fail in him. Sure. Great team. He he found his niche in the beginning. He'll find it again. I, I mean, you know, that's something to, talk about a little bit is when you establish you know the mindset that as changes evolve you it's not going to distract you you're going to just be much more inclined to be adaptive right right because I, he never gave up the beginning he was same guy since the start till we are now and and those are the type of people who do the successful changeover They're the ones that adapt and keep pushing because he never lost that edge guess what i'm saying never lost the appetite for what he was doing because he loved it a lot of times if you do something so long, you get really good at it and complacent when that big shift does come, you're, you're on your heels, right? Instead of on your toes. I, and I think you got a point there. I, like, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot about. Stay hungry, right? Yeah, Stay hungry. staying hungry in, in the repetitive nature of purpose, right? Because everyone we've had on that talks about it is, hey, listen, this is going to take you a while to get really good at what you do. So, you know, looking at yourself every day and saying, you know what? I'm going to go grind again today. Waking up, I'm going to go grind today, again today. And and so being able to temper the need for reward, I think, is essential until you can get to the space where you really do love what you do. Sure. It's a little bit more than those 10-second clips. Oh, yeah. Now, when we were chatting with, you know, him, what are, I, I talked about these 10 tips for success. So I want to share those. And Wizard, thanks for, for providing these for me. Uh, uh, these are big. So pay attention to these if you're listening. All right. Number one, find a job you love to do and never have to work a day in your life. Two, remember the joy of work. Work defines us in this country. Now, I think you could interchange one and two, too, because I think if you if you got in a job, you can learn to love that job as well, too. Well, right? it's just like learning to love anything else. The more you do it, then that's when that love comes in, that bond, right? And that's, that's why it's important to have those struggles, because that's what solidifies it, kind of the mortar around it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number three, lose your sense of entitlement. I think that we've all concluded that's a a big concept. I see it all the time in the businesses that I work with is they're really struggling with, you know, as mid-level management is going to their their new workers. These a lot of these people are coming in and with a degree and they're saying, "Hey, I I'm worth six figures and I want two months off and all this and and they're getting a wake-up call to it. Actually, on his website, that's an important thing for him, apparently, because on his website, that he has a quote that says, grateful for everything and entitled to nothing. I love that. That's what I love, yeah. to be that have that sense of being grateful. I mean, I try and start my day out and close my day out with that kind of prayer, being grateful that I'm and thankful that I'm alive, I'm above dirt, too. All right, number four, education is limitless, is a limitless product. Take as much as you want. Now, I think that's powerful, and the statistics and the data show it, right? Yep. Number five, prepare for the setbacks in life. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. All right, number six, 
innovate or you will evaporate. Embrace change. And that is what he was talking about, substantially about going from a, he's a, an analog guy in his old school commercials, you know, gallery furniture will save you money. Well, now he's got to figure out how to disseminate that via the internet. I mean, the guy's got 170,000 followers on Facebook. So he's obviously embracing that in, in a modern way. And it's, it's cool to see that at his age. Oh, that's great. All right. Number seven, don't let success go to your head. Huge one. Number eight, Tell your story often. Facts fade, but stories last forever. And and I think that concept is 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 ever more true with with Jim because you look at that story. The one that resonates the most with me is the fact that they sold out of furniture on a Saturday night. Right then, his wife and his partner, or he, gotten in their little U-Haul, drove up to Dallas, bought all the furniture. Two o'clock in the morning, they're back on the floor in the morning. And it's those specific stories of our lives or the lives of people that are influences that I think are the real triggers for motivation because you always want to say, well, if that guy can do it, I can do it too. Yeah, that's the best part of the story, right? Is what, what, everything that led up to it, all that hustling in the middle of the night, the putting things together, the things that went wrong. And then at the very last minute, man, we got it out here in the front and it went well. So that what you really revel in is everything that you went through, the experience. Amen. Amen. Because you can look at that and, and give yourself the inspiration. All right. Nine, become a people person. Business is about relationships. I can't even tell you how often I hear that from the financial world or or the tech world, man. It's about relationships. People got to come out of their shells. You have to have a genuine interest in the people you work with. And in particular, your clients, your customers. I mean, they're the essence of why you do what you do, like us with our listeners, and the reason why we read listener stories at the end of our show, and the reason why we bring listeners on to tell their story. It's it's a critical aspect of our show that we have an understanding of why people are listening. Don't you think, Wizard? Absolutely critical. I think it's actually one of the best parts of living is getting to know other people. That's, For sure. I mean, that's the best part about doing anything. You got to, if in competition, doesn't even, doesn't matter. It actually coexists with each other, right? Seven billion people, man. There's some pretty awesome stories out there. All right. And the last one, dream big, think big, do great big things in your life. That's awesome. I dig it. So those are the 10 keys to success from Jen McInvale. I, I think the guy is a dynamo. He's got endless energy. I love the concept about positivity. For me, absolutely the essence of my life. I spent a, many, many years in a negative frame of mind that really affected how I operated, how I thought about, how my relationships. And so yeah, I, I just want to emphasize and, and you know how how much being a positive person can open doors and help you endure the hardships of life to really have that never quit mindset. All right, man, he is, you were right. You were spot on. Yeah, he's all time, man. It's, it's been a joy growing up around him. That's cool, man. Well, if you've listened and you've enjoyed this show, thank you so much for participating. This is your first show. Welcome to the team. Never quit podcast. Again, I'm, we're super fired up to have you. You know, don't be afraid to to tell all your friends where to find us on iTunes. You can scribe and have us ready and available at any time. If you're out there and, and, and you need some inspiration, we're always there. Or you can go to the website at tnqpodcast.com where you can download the shows, listen to any one of our shows at any time, uh, and, and just help us spread the word because we rely on you. And also, if you have a great story, please write in. And we're going to share a reader's story right now that we found that is is really powerful and we thought could be beneficial to all of our listeners, including us. So here we go. This is from Rob. I have a two-part never-quit story. The first, more important one, is about my grandfather, and the second is mine. But before I start, I wanted to thank you for bringing Tim Ballard Oh, man, I love Tim Ballard's show. Just amazing. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite. Operation Underground Rescue. Please listen to that show. I want to thank you for bringing Tim Ballard onto the show. He's one of my greatest living heroes along with my grandfather. Most of uh, my other current heroes are Navy SEALs because of the value I place on integrity, honor, love of country, and standing up for a cause. A true hero makes you want to do more. 
to raise your own standards because of the standards he or she has. Tim does that and more. My grandpa was in the army during World War II. He was on the ground in Japan during a battle when he was bayoneted in the back and left for dead. His buddy hit hit him in leaves and said they would be back for him as they continued on with the fight. My grandpa, the tough SOB that he is, survived and was rescued three days later. He later developed gangrene in his leg but fought through it, enabling enabling for him to keep his leg. Since then, he has raised three wonderful children, including my mom. He has taught me so much, and I admire the hell out of him. To show you how tough he is, a few years back when he was in his 70s, he went to get the mail when a car hit him and he flew in the air about 20 feet. He broke a couple of bones, but he never quit. Soon, he was right back out in his shop welding again. He is my ultimate hero. My story's not as dramatic, but I consider it interesting, and it will never end until my death. I was in the Navy, and I had just gotten back from submarine patrol. I woke up, felt weak, and my shoulder was hurting. I was traveling home for Thanksgiving, so I decided to have the corpsman first check it out. He told me I was fine, and I probably just had a cold, right? Total corpsman, you know? Mm, Hey, go take some Motrin or put some foot powder on it. So I flew to California and felt like I was going to die. A few days later, I flew home, and the same thing happened. I went back to the corpsman, and he sent me to the hospital for x-rays. There, I was thrown on a gurney and rushed into the operating room. My lung had collapsed, and I was told I was lucky to be alive after the plane trip. I was then discharged medically, and during testing at the VA, I was told I had alpha-1 antiprism. I asked what that meant, and he told me it was a death sentence. There was no cure. And it would, develop from sim- it would develop from symptoms similar to asthma and those of emphysema and then ultimately death. After a day or two of feeling down, I decided I didn't like the answer. So I started researching. I found a variety of herbs and health products to help. And a year later, I went back and they were shocked to discover that I did not have the disease any, any longer. Of course, they did not accept my herb as the solution. But I told them it was either that or a miracle from God. Today, 20 years later, I have only half the lung function of a normal person due to the damage already done. But I am, I am doing OCRs and placing it in the top third. I refuse to let it control me. Thank you for what y'all do and continue inspiring me. Well, I'll tell you what, that's hardcore. That's never quit right there. Absolutely. That's tough. Those we, we talked about that one time, man. The the disease, the fight on the inside. First thing you do when you're brought into this world is take a breath of air. <laughs> and, and if you hadn't been underwater or had any experiences or any situation, man, when the air has gone away from you, especially when you're breathing normally, all of a sudden it's like, it sucks it down. Man, it is a all stop. What the heck is going on here? Kind oh, of remember in pool comp when you start uh, doing the funky chicken? chicken, man. God, no. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, leg so- talks about it too. The- Oh, first breath of air with his new lungs. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite shows all all time, man. Um, I mean, he, he said it's not as his story's not as as good as his granddaddy's. Well, yeah, it is. I'm always amazed by those long haul stories that never quit. In comparison to what may seem to be a more intense story, you know, someone goes through something really dramatic over even if it's a if it's a week, it's a couple of days, whatever it is, versus somebody. And this happens in this. You know, he's comparing his grandfather's story to his story, but he's been dealing with this for 20 years. And it's when somebody has been dealing with something for 20 years, day in and day out, that marathon of never quit is just in my mind, it's in a whole new category. Even if the story doesn't Mm -hmm. always sound more dramatic. I think you're right. Wizard. I think that is the essence of, of what never quit is about. Yeah. It's awesome. Never quit in the one instance. And I think that's what Jim McInvale was talking about as well, too. Yeah, you can wake you can wake up and have the never quit when your when your warehouse burns down. But guess what? You got to rebuild, and that rebuild is going to take twenty years. It's going to take five years, whatever it might be. It's the effort over the long term that really defines the never quit mindset. Don't you guys agree? Absolutely, that endurance. Totally. Well, Rob, thank you so much for writing in and 
And I just want to end the show by once again thanking God, thanking Jesus, being in my life, thank my girls, thank the three of you for doing the show with me, for my fulfilling my purpose to try and bring positive stories and ideas to people around the world. Uh, and, and what a blessing to be a part of this show. Uh, thank you to all of our guests that we've hunt. Thank you, Mr. McInvale, for coming on, man. You are an inspiration in so many different ways. Uh, thank you, Rob, for writing in. And, and just, you know, man, I'm just thankful all around. I'm grateful to be able to do what I do every day. Yep. Thanks to the family for letting me do it and for everybody bringing us back on to the microphone. That's, uh, man, that's um, unbelievable. Blows me away every time. It's crazy. And then, Mac, sir, thank you so much for coming on. I, you got me so fired up coming down to buy some furniture right now. <laughs> but, uh, man, just tell the family we love them and, uh, Thank you so much for all the life lessons from the time I was a boy till now. It's amazing, man. I learn from you every day. Thank you. I'm out. Out. Out.